Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ask me a question. subjects will you be talking about tonight? I will be doing a chunk of time on next year's CMAs. Um, Swiss Muesli, what's all that about? How did they get their own uh, weird... Bre- and chain wallets, uh, inner lip tattoos, uh, chlorinated vaginas. How do you maintain your facial hair? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> That's fucking rude. <laughs> David Cross is a gifted comedian, actor, author, and writer who originally hails from Atlanta, Georgia, and previously appeared on episode number 265 of this show in 2016. Over the past 30 years, David has been at the vanguard of comedy, writing and or performing on influential and hilarious TV programs such as The Ben Stiller Show, Mr. Show, Arrested Development, The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, With Bob and David, and many more. He's appeared in dozens of feature films, published a book of essays called I Drink for a Reason, and he's well known for his incisive stand-up specials and records, The Pride is Back, Shut Up You Fucking Baby, It's Not Funny, and Bigger and Blackerer. In 2016, Netflix released his latest special, Making America Great Again, and David is already on the road with a new show called Oh Come On, which includes a number of North American dates in the summer of 2018, including Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto near the end of July. David and I recently spoke again, this time covering topics like Canada and the United States, the Oh Come On Tour, performing uncompromising comedy in a heightened age of sensitivity, his perspective on why the comedian Charlene Yee accused him of classism and racism when they first met in the mid-2000s, and, and how that situation, which sprung up again in 2017, has impacted him personally and professionally. And we discussed other things as well. With in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound locations in Ottawa and Toronto. And of course, listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast, download episodes, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control. This is the 409th episode of Creative Control featuring David Cross with your host, me, Vish Khanna.
Hi, David. How's it going? Well, hello. How are you? I'm well. It's uh, it's nice to speak with you again. Thank you for the uh, time. Where in the world are you as we're speaking? I am leaving Calgary quite a bit late, but uh, we're leaving Calgary and we're heading to Edmonton. Oh, nice. My wife is from Edmonton, actually. It's a beautiful city. Have you been there before? I have. Uh, I was. I did a show in a guy's living room uh, about three years ago, I want to say. Oh. Maybe four years ago. Oh, I wonder if yeah. it's my wife's family somehow. I, I don't think so. I would have heard about that. Uh, so you, 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 you would have heard about that. <laughs> so Calgary was good. I understand Vancouver treated you quite well. Uh, is that right? Yeah, Vancouver's uh, uh, always nice. And Calgary last night was uh, even better, I thought. I mean, uh, I should say better, but the venue was more conducive to comedy, I'd say. And and, uh, and it was just uh, a lot of silly fun. Like, I had every... Oh, they had... Um, like fold-out seats, you know, but they're all linked um, together. It was uh, uh, at the university, and they just had everybody, however many people it was, 900-and-something people, all move up at once, like all... Uh, they, they, they put the seats out like there was room for, like, a mosh pit, you know? Uh, and I'm just a guy doing stand-up, so there was this all this space for, like, security and all this shit, and, then, and that's not good for comedy. So I had everybody, uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of people all, like, you know, kind of conducting them to lift their seats up and move forward. And that was really fun. Um, it doesn't sound, <laughs> now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound like it'd be funny. I guess you had to be there. But uh, anyway, it was a really enjoyable show, and I kind of got to make fun of the uh, Stampede for a little while, and they all seemed to appreciate that. And uh, But, yeah, I really enjoyed the show. I've never, I've never had someone tell me, when I've asked how a show went, tell me how great the seat logistics were. That's the first time. Well, they became great. They weren't great at first. And we all collectively, I went down into the audience and helped them move the seats up, you know, like a good three and a half feet to fill it up, you know, starting from the front. And then there was almost, uh, uh, but if it wasn't coordinated, people would have gotten hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Now, I, I know you travel abroad and, and you're in Canada at the moment. Do you feel a sense of respite from what's going on in your country? I know you're impacted by it. You've been commenting on it on Twitter. I assume you're talking about it in your act currently. Like, do you feel a little like, oh, God, sure, yeah. I'm I'm away from the madness right now? I do, actually. Uh, and I'm And I'm in a country that is also... Uh, kind of the opposite of uh, where America is now, you know, and uh, um, and isn't wrapped up in all that, like, shit with the EU. And, you know, there's the white nationalist front hasn't made itself so known in Canada. I mean, you have that silly rebel media bullshit, but, uh, you know, it's not like it is in the States or in uh, England. I don't think um, it's as amplified it's, uh, it's here, pleasant. but it's here. It is sort of. It is kind. Of, it is here. I would. I will say that it's here. Maybe I, it's, I know. I know it's here. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm aware that it's here. It just is. Uh, and I think amplified is a really kind of uh, perfect, uh, perfectly appropriate word to use. It's. It's not as amplified here, and uh, and hopefully that'll remain the case. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I well, obviously, I'm. I'm not white. I don't want. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then go back to where you came no, from. No, please. <laughs> I was not. That's another first for the show. I've never been told that before. Wow. Uh, <laughs> now uh, I understand. Congratulations. And by, by where you came from, I I mean Africa. You know, 
go back to Africa. I was I was born in Kitchener, Ontario, so I, I'd have to go back there. Which is I'm a- talking about mankind. <laughs> mankind started off, and so that's why I really I love going to uh, uh, white supremacist rallies and telling them to go back to Africa where they came from. <laughs> that's a hobby of yours, is it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I understand. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Congratulations are in order, I believe. If I'm, unless the media has lied to me, uh, are, are you a father? Uh, yes, the media um, on this point was not lying to you. Okay, good. they lie about everything else. C- congratulations yeah. on that. I'm. I, I have two children of my own. Now, lots of people have children. Has this, I, and it's impacted me personally, obviously, in lots of ways, and it's impacted me professionally. I'm curious about you as a comedian, as an artist. Do the children, does having children, does the sentimentality involved in that, does that soften your perspective as a comedian? Does it enlighten you in some way? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's uh, uh, maybe I'm too inside of it to know, but um, I don't think it's softened it. I think it's, uh, um, I, I, I suppose, if anything, there's a greater sense of urgency to what I'm saying, but uh, you know, not obviously not the dumb jokes; those don't, those don't matter. But um, hmm. but as as far as the when I'm commenting on the world and and uh, and I I do see it in a way in a in a less self centered way where I'm I was thinking about the world that I'm given and that I have and that I walk around in and that I'm left to negotiate that I was part of creating and, and also the world that I had nothing to do with uh, creating. Whereas that used to be my mindset. Now I see it as I'm, this kid is completely innocent existentialist uh, creature that doesn't know what hatred is and doesn't know what uh, nationality is and doesn't know what white ethnocentric nationalism is and doesn't know what, uh, you know, Keynesian trickle-down economics is and doesn't know what, uh, you know, any of those things. And and I think about the world that I, I'm giving her and uh, and that I think about, uh, I mean, almost hourly, you know. Mm. Uh, but I don't know how much... Uh, I, it hasn't necessarily changed my comedy, I don't think, Uh at least not yet. I mean, she doesn't even talk yet, you know. So, but I mean, I I think about this. How what, this is all new. This is all this is, and this is all normal. Like what I'm experiencing uh, in my country is is completely unprecedented to me. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. It's it's not normal. Uh, you know, her normal is going to be winters that have you know 63 degree christmases you know and uh uh that's normal and that's not normal to me at all and uh so it it, just all that kind of stuff is is you know i view things a little differently now but i don't think it's changed my comedy except for maybe as i said an urgency to what i'm talking about well if i if memory serves and i think back on some of your comedy records and specials like you you have not had a lot of patience for the more insufferable aspects of performative parenting, if that makes any sense. And I wonder if you have, (laughs) you know, I I feel like it's escaping me at the moment, but I'm pretty sure you've covered that ground maybe as far back as shut up fucking baby. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, that'll that'll be addressed in uh, the new set. 
Oh, okay. The the the, the vague potential for hypocrisy. Like, are you <laughs> are you are you uh, relating more to that kind of behavior as a, a new dad? Um, I would say I'm relating to it more, but I'm uh, I mean, I use I acknowledge it. I don't, I don't want to like do bits or anything, uh, but sure, uh, sure. Uh, it is it is uh, mentioned in the set. Okay. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. And, and for all of us who are coming to see you, then we'll we'll discover it on our own. What 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 can you say about this? I mean, we the last time we spoke, you had a lot of regret about naming your last tour and special uh, "Making America Great Again," which, for obvious reasons, you didn't know what that sloganeering was going to turn into. But what does "Oh Come On" represent at this point? That title was actually given to me by the audience. Um, when I was getting this show ready, and uh, uh, I've never approached a, a set like this before in my life, where I just started from scratch and I went up and I uh, usually I've done there's like five years in between tours, and I've just done so many you know little sets here and there that I've accumulated enough material to kind of put it together and get it ready in about a month. But this I had nothing, you know, and uh, and I really enjoyed the process where I just started in back at the end of January just booking all you know three nights a week maybe four sometimes in the beginning at like little rooms 99 feet basement rooms in brooklyn and and they're just going up there and riffing and you know a bunch of a notebook with a bunch of crap on it and then just uh um over the months started accruing the material and as the set was coming together and it was really like oh this is the set and this is how it worked and i started moving into bigger rooms and and uh doing more of, you know, this, I think this is what the show is. I think this is the right sequencing, et cetera. I would ask the audience after those shows questions. I'd ask them to stick around. I'd ask them questions about, you know, should I do more of this or less of that? Or what do you think about this here and that there? What do you think of that show? Huh. Um, and I suggested, I had a name in mind. And this happens all the time where I have a name and it's so awful that, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm so wildly off the mark, and when I suggest it, people are like, oh, God, no, that's terrible. So I had this one idea for a title, um, and then I said, so what do you all think of this for a title? And then just in mass, and this is, a, I was at a bigger venue at this point, it was like 300-some-odd people, and just the entire room, like, no, boo! Uh, and that was really funny. <laughs> and I said, oh, Jesus, all right, fine. Uh, what about this title? No, that's even worse. And I was like, and then uh, simultaneously, two different people in two different parts of the room uh, suggested, oh, come on, which references something I do in the act. Oh, um, okay. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's perfect. I mean, and I was like, that's it, done. That is the title of the tour. That's a great idea, guys. And uh, that was that. So this title seems to me to speak to incredulity, uh, maybe even a kind of get over yourself uh, message. Maybe does that speak to the bit at all? It, it has it it, it has uh, whatever meaning you want to attach to it is fine, but it is it's a little more than that, a little different. Okay, I can tell you because uh, yeah, Dave, but it Dave, it does come from a rep, yeah. Good. I was going to say, David, why aren't you telling me anything? Every time I, I ask you a question, you say, I can't tell you, but I can't, I can't divulge that information at this point in time. And I, I can't help but feel a little, you know, like I'm out of the loop. 
Well, maybe uh, maybe you need to rethink your questions. Oh, oh. Maybe it's not on me. Oh, it's my fault. Okay. Maybe it's on you. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could be. It could be. That's true. You're right. You're probably... I don't think you're right, but you might be right in this case. I, I don't know. I don't know. I like how you started with you started with probably and then stopped <laughs> yourself short, saying, "Wait a second, that's a greater than fifty percent chance." <laughs> and now I'm really leaving myself open. <laughs> I'm trying to stand up for myself. That here. was a nice. That was a nice walk back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Canadian walk back. I, uh, I I'm curious about your thoughts on this time for comedy uh, because it's a time of. Greater sensitivity uh, to each other, and uh, and I'm I see comedy in the crosshairs of some of this discussion about uh, protesting. What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Um, uh, in terms of past, and, and then past behavior is scrutinized, and, and and some people are like, "Well, I was clearly just joking." I know, you, and I don't want to dredge up uh, bad memories, but I know you were recently called out, let's say, um, by someone for your yeah. behavior. So, what is that? In in the realm of comedy, in the realm of jokes, uh, what do you think? How does and I know you. I, I believe at the time uh, there was a statement made, I think, by your wife that you, this event changed you uh, and it, it impacted you deeply. So, what, from your perspective, as someone who's been in comedy a long time, how does this realm negotiate this time and come out okay? Well, you're. Those are two different things. The uh, it has not really affected my comedy. I'm still going to do what I do, say what I say, and I will. I will drop something if I if I can't defend it beyond, you know. Oh well, I think it's funny. Uh, then I'm then I've really got no. I don't have much of a leg to stand on, and I uh, um, if I'm doing something that is that the bulk of the audience and my audience is pretty great and smart and intuitive and uh no matter where i go and i trust them and uh it's a two-way street and if there's something there's a joke that i think is funny that other enough people think is insensitive and i do it like three four times and i'm getting the same response same reaction each time uh i then i will go i'll Say and let and if I I can't if I can't defend it if I can't say it's a really smart thing I'm turning it and on itself and I'm I'm making a point by doing it this way if I just if I'm doing because I think the line is funny and that's it yeah then I drop it yeah and um, I and I don't have to do that very often I mean I'm, I'm really talking about a handful of times have I ever said something that I thought was funny but look if the bulk of the audience and again my audience thinks yeah, that's really not cool. Then I drop it. Hmm. Um, and and uh, but the 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 incident where I was accused of being a racist is um, I don't I don't think it changed me. It, uh, okay. it made me. Uh, I mean, it did did definitely impact me. Uh, it, it's uh, probably made me more cynical than I already was. I think it's a it's a an amazing responsibility we each have individually and as a group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. To knowing the, 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 uh, the climate we, we are in and the way that people uh, conduct themselves and communicate, there's a real specific cause and effect uh, that I'm now a privy to. And in an incident that was 11 years ago, and I, and I want to uh, uh, be sure to let folks know that I, I, don't, uh, um, I don't think that, uh, I'm not saying she didn't have that experience. I think she truly did have the experience that she, she talked about. Yeah. But there is... In no way, shape, or form was there any malice, was there any intent of, uh, and I don't remember this happening. The very first thing, the very first thing I did when I saw this, you know, my reaction was, holy shit, what the, I, I mean, this, this, uh, it was like a punch to, it was like a punch to my gut, you know, uh, um, and first thing I did was I got in touch with Michael Sarah, which was a boyfriend who was there, like literally standing next to her. I was like, hey, man, do you remember this at all? Because I do not have a memory. Because I remember the evening. Yeah. We all hung out for, you know, at, at least an hour, if not. And then um, and then for days, days and days and days. And this also, she she had uh, numerous opportunities to bring something up and say, that, hey, man, that wasn't cool. That hurt my feelings or whatever. And I would have discussed it and I would have apologized and I would have said, oh, my God, I never intended to do that. But I, I wasn't given that opportunity. Um mm-hmm. For whatever reason, she chose not to address it in the in the uh, uh, either at that moment or even an hour later or the next few days while while they were all there, or even in the subsequent times we were in the same place. Uh, and I had no idea. I mean, I actually I remember going to see her and being excited that she was on this bill. You know, oh, she's really quirky and funny. I want to you know see her set. But I had no idea she was traumatized by this incident but then you know brings it up 10 years later uh and i and i again i believe that was her experience but it was not uh there was literally no malice at all intended and and this idea that i would ever ever make fun of somebody for being poor because of their clothing is absurd mm. i mean that's that should tell you i didn't even think about that until my sister read it. She's like, you're the last person who would ever do that. I mean, you, you see my clothing and I grew up poor. I <laughs> yeah. would never make some fun to somebody ever, 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 yeah. ever. And, uh, but you know, there's no, there's no discussion to be had. And, uh, uh, um, so it is what it is. And now I am, uh, to, uh, I, I don't know how many just going off my social media feeds. I'd say tens of thousands of people. I am, an unrepentant racist. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm an asshole. And uh, and then there's you know cumulative stuff uh, because skip ahead to 
11 years later and there was the, the arrest development interview. So I'm just, I'm, I'm bad news. I'm a, I'm a asshole piece of shit racist. I'm a guy who believes that the white race is superior to other races, which so, is absurd if you know me. Yeah, you're being, you're, I know you're being sarcastic here and, and I know that what's the, uh, my, I, what I gather here is you know yourself, you know that this isn't you, but this is now a representation of you and, I'm I yep. that's I I don't know what that must be like to live with and um at the same time It sucks man it sucks Yeah it's 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 the it's uh and I'm not saying I don't uh I don't have lessons to learn I I surely do um and I can say something that uh uh as well-intentioned as it may be I've just chosen the wrong audience I mean hmm. you know that's a you know, and if I did, then I need to apologize and learn my lesson and go, all right, I shouldn't say these type of things to you anymore. Uh, lesson learned. And, and that is a valuable lesson to learn. I mean, some people are chill with certain things. Some people are not, you know, and uh, um, that's something, you know, uh, everybody should learn, I think. Um, but do you unless you're just trying to be provocative to be an asshole or something? Yeah, but you must at at some Which point. No, and I don't think you are. But you you must recognize that she wasn't comfortable saying anything to you at that time, probably because of a power dynamic structure that made her uncomfortable. And now, when she did speak up, there was a moment in time where people were starting to speak out and and feeling more comfortable. Like you said, this made you more cynical than you already were. So I'm. And I gather that you're frustrated. Well, um, no, 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 no. The the entire no. Sorry, I, I I see. This is part of the danger too. Um, in addressing, uh, it, yeah. I meant the I meant the entirety, the 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 totality of everything that happened and happened from that point. I don't mean just. Sorry, I did not mean to imply that her, you know, her saying that thing later. Okay. made me cynical yeah it, it was no 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 I, I that is not what i'm saying it was it was the um the reaction and then everything post that and i apologized to her i did like privately uh, which is how i like to conduct my apologies i think it's weird to do that public thing and i and i also uh readily admit that my reaction wasn't uh certainly very uh, uh, uh eloquent or articulate or um sensitive and, um, uh, but I was like really thrown through a loop as, as, for a loop. And as I said, I do not have any memory of that. Uh, and I checked immediately with the guy who was her boyfriend and I said, do you remember this? And he's like, God, no, she would have brought it up. It would have been, huh. um, hmm. uh, so, so, so the, I mean, I, I just, it really did, you know, uh, uh, it, it was extremely impactful remains. So, well, and, and I, I'm telling you now I'm having this conversation with you and I know for a fact that this is only going to uh, solidify other people who are, who already don't like me or, or now predisposed to not like me. This will, whatever I'm saying will just make it worse. I, I get it. I get that. Um, that's part of the cynical, what I'm talking about the cynicism is that there is no uh, discussion. There's no yeah. context. There's no back and forth. It's only the initial thing. And then unless you, react with a, in a very, very narrow, strict way, and you're just an asshole for life. 
And that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about cynicism. And I'm not talking about her or what she did or what she said. Those are the things I think are unfortunate, yeah. but uh, I, that doesn't make me cynical. And again, that was her experience. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that wasn't her experience, uh, but I think it's it's wildly different uh, for somebody to go up to somebody and to scream that at them with hate and anger. Or for a comedian who knows another comedian to do, and I, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think it's a pretty spot on, hundred, you know, uh, a good guess that I was probably doing some bit, or in my mind I was doing like a character, and you know, said it with like a southern accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I just don't see any other way to do it because I never would do that. I would never, ever, 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 never do that and uh and anybody who knows me and that's should be highlighted that should be underscored because the people who have reacted negatively don't know me mm-hmm. they don't know me at all and i got a lot of support from a number of people you know who do know me going that's not you man that's that's not you and yeah uh Anyway, well, I know. Such is life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, such is life. Well, we don't have a, a lot of time left, but I do want to touch upon something uh, that you you said there. You, at various points in this conversation, you've said that you don't think much has impacted your approach to comedy, or I, I, I mean, you've you've said that if enough people say, you know, that's not working, you'll you'll drop it. But does this ex- your experience? Does the current timeline? Does that impact whether you might even go towards a topic and and try to try to come up with a bit on it no no not at all uh there is uh so far i mean maybe uh uh maybe that's the case but uh so far no there's no topic that i feel like i can't discuss uh that's that's good right (laughs) that's a good thing I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for uh, art and creativity and expression. Uh, yes, I think uh, when people start editing themselves based on what uh, a bunch of strangers might think, uh, that's when you start suppressing art and creativity, and uh, I'm not going to do that. All right, well, that's well said. So what's next for you beyond this tour do you do you feel like it's the making of a special oh, i'm quitting i'm quitting <laughs> i i'm quitting i'm never doing stand-up again i'm never talking again i mean i'll talk but not in front of a microphone uh have i de- um, have i depressed not- you has this been negative for you i thought this was going to be a helpful thing somehow <laughs> well it's the first time i've sort of addressed that stuff in a while and usually my rule is just to not just to say i'm not going to talk about it because i'm just going to make things worse uh i don't i I, I don't whatever reason (laughs) i don't think you did i honestly don't think you i know what you're saying some people aren't dude dude yeah Mm. you that yeah you don't think i did that's great i'm guarantee you there will be plenty of people yeah plenty of people who will either parse something that i said or find something stop reading and just i i guarantee you Mm. and not just a handful a lot uh, but the, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, but you're just—that's just not how it works anymore, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've seen my wife get shit for it. She's way more uh, even-tempered and, and judicious about uh, that kind of stuff and what she what she says on Twitter and 
uh, how she addresses things. And she's much more, uh, uh, she's much quicker to apologize and, and uh, uh, equivocate and stuff like that. And mm. she gets, yeah. she gets slammed. And uh, I'm 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 out of here. I'm out off Twitter when this tour is over. And, and I mean, I'm here. Here's a here's a a reason to be cynical. Is my daughter, who didn't know this, who doesn't know you know knows knows me. I'm dad. Yeah. Uh, and knows that part can can now go on any social media, you know, Google my name, and she'll see that her dad is an unrepentant racist asshole and that, that will conflict with the person she knows and conflict with the work that i've done and the charities i donate to and and all that kind of stuff it'll be completely it won't make any sense but there'll be enough people going that guy the guy who happens to be your dad is a racist piece of shit mm. and that's there forever and that's part of my cynicism and that's it's it's I understand. I don't really understand where you're coming from because I don't think anyone who isn't going through that aspect of of this uh, can. But I, I for one, I appreciate how uncompromising and and I know I just always appreciate your candor. And I know you're in a difficult position as well. And uh, I just I want to thank you for speaking to this. And you know I'm a tremendous fan of yours, so I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. But it does feel like it's not you. Uh, not your situation, but this stuff. No, it's all. It's, I. No, it's it's not on. That's not on you at all. I. I. You asked a question. I could have answered it a million different ways. I chose to answer it the way I did, and so that's all on me. Uh, don't feel bad at all. Um, all right. Well, I hope you don't. And I, you know, I, I, again, this is this is truly a conversation that I that I you know uh, uh, like any of these kind of discussions i like having them i like having them having them over a couple pints of beer at a bar or a pub and uh uh but you can't have this conversation like this anymore hmm. and, and and this will per- perhaps be the last one i have you know uh that will be put out there but um yeah that's one of the lessons learned don't 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 talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, I honestly, I hope I didn't kill everything because uh, I know people want to hear from you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> well, David, uh, where you can didn't. where can people learn more about you and and your work? Uh, those of those of us who want to learn more and uh, and follow your exploits, where where can people go? The uh, Quaker Church is a good place <laughs> to, to start. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I have a show every Thursday night at the, the Church of Scientology. Um, obviously I'm joking, it would never be a Quaker. No. Um, uh, I will audit you for a price. Um, uh, you'll see me with the two soup cans and the extension cords running from them. Um, if you want to see where I am on tour, you can go to officialdavidcross.com and that has all my stuff. Plus, uh, that'll tell you when, if I'm on an appearance on TV or what my next projects are. Um, But, you know, right now I'm on tour until, you know, roughly November off and on. And people can follow you on Twitter for a limited time. Where exactly? Uh, David Cross with three S's. All right. Well, uh, this is uh, another uh, honor. Thank you so much for talking to me again. And I I really appreciate it, and I hope uh, everything goes well for for you from here on in, and and uh, good luck on your tour. All right, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Very special thanks again to David Cross for his uh, candor and speaking to me on this, the 409th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify and YouTube and Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at vishcreative. Well, follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative. You can follow me directly at Vish Khanna. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. Thanks to all of you who continue to pledge support for the show in this way. I'd like to thank all the in-kind support I receive on this show from uh, the likes of Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Planet of Sound. Also, my friend Jim Guthrie, he lets me use uh, an instrumental version of his song, The Rest Is Yet to Come, to end this show each week. You're hearing that song right now, I hope. As long as everything worked, you should be hearing that song right now. Learn uh, more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And uh, finally, of course, thanks to you. Thanks to you for listening to this show all the time and rating it and reviewing it positively, downloading episodes of the show, subscribing to the show, of course, telling your friends about the show, just doing a little bit of work for me for the show. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Did you hear we're nominated for some kind of podcast award? I mentioned that uh, recently somewhere, didn't I? Podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up if you want to vote for Creative Control as a, a music podcast or a people's choice podcast that would be helpful thank you for that and anyway that's enough of this stuff that I'm saying I will talk to you very soon I hope you're well goodbye for now What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.